Jill Rutter is a former senior civil servant who worked in the Treasury in Number 10 and is now at the think tank The UK in a Changing Europe. Hello, Jill. Hello. So what is the actual process here and can he decide not to release all of the report? He could decide not to release all of the reports to report to the Prime Minister, and it's up to him whether he publish, whether and when he publishes all of it. Uh, but I think that the government has built up this report uh, to such an extent that a lot of questions will be asked if they just decide to release a few uh, summary highlights or something which clearly had been filleted. So I think the Political pressure is to publish the full thing, uh, but he's under no actual obligation to do that. And she has also made it clear, hasn't she, Sue Gray, that she wants the report to be published in full? Well, sort of, you know, in private or it's been briefed that that's what she expects. And I think this is one of the things about, you know, the government has given Sue Gray this almost mythical status by the number of times they've referred to her. And she might feel, well, they've been shielding behind me all this time, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to actually end up... Uh, you know, covertly, but, you know, dictate the terms on which my report comes out. And what do you make then of her decision to involve the police? Well, it's quite interesting. It was always within her terms of reference that uh, issues could be referred to the police and indeed should be referred to the police if there was evidence of law breaking. So uh, Keir Starmer at Prime Minister's Questions, which we just uh, just had, was making quite a lot of the fact that uh, the fact that of this referral suggests that Sue Gray has found evidence that the pretty high bar that the police set for looking at things uh, has been reached. So it does sound as though some people at least, not clear it's the Prime Minister, but some people at least are in for a difficult time with the police because they have been found to be breaking the rules. Getting a fine, though, I suppose, is not the same as breaching the ministerial code. No, getting a fine is, uh, I mean, it's not an offence which would require the Prime Minister, you know, to resign. It's not like getting a sort of, you know, criminal uh, conviction and a prison sentence. There are rules about when you have to stand, you know, how big big a sentence you have to get to stand down before to stand down as an MP. But, I mean, you know, the real problem for the Prime Minister is the one, the... If he was fined, the sort of, you know, public acknowledgement that there is no doubt about his wrongdoing. But the second, I think, is this thing that has been dogging him all along, the sense that the government was you know, condoning the police coming down like a tonne of bricks on ordinary citizens, for very minor misdemeanours. We all saw sort of pictures, you know, back in England of police in Derbyshire sort of seeking out walkers who were deemed to be uh, too far away, not uh, not just out for exercise, a couple of women with coffee cups chatting at a distance and things like that. So I think it's all of those things. It's both the breaches that were prosecuted, but also everybody else who could have had these sorts of events um, but thought they were against the rules and decided not to. So there's a whole bunch of people uh, across the country who have reason to think that Number 10 was willing to impose rules on everybody else but not stick to them themselves. And also, I suppose if she makes it clear that they knew these were parties, he's in trouble for misleading Parliament. 
Yes, and that's the really sort of heinous thing. And that was Prime Minister's question today. Keir Starmer's first question was about whether the Prime Minister accepted that the ministerial code, which says that misleading Parliament's a clear breach, whether the Prime Minister accepted that the ministerial code applied to him. And the Prime Minister gave an unequivocal yes to that question. I suppose it is a problem with the way our constitution works and who can hold the Prime Minister to account that this issue um, has been dragging on for some time and I, I suppose still could. Yeah, I mean, it could. And particularly if, you know, we see a sort of um, slightly reduced version of the report, you know, this argument that was going on yesterday about would we see the full thing or was bits relating to the issues been reserved to the Met reverse uh, been forwarded onto the Met, would they be uh, would they be held back? Yeah, no, it has been going on. I mean, the real problem is that it's very difficult to ask the civil service whose you know, duty under the civil service code is to uphold the civil service values, but also to serve the government of the day. It's really difficult for them to do a proper in independent investigation. Sue Gray may have managed to walk that tightrope. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it's the prime minister who decides... Uh, about the severity of behavioural breaches. But ultimately, the Prime Minister's fate comes down to one group of people alone, and that is the Conservative MPs ranged behind him and alongside him who decide whether they think his behaviour is sufficiently egregious uh, to trigger that famous vote of no confidence. Jill, thank you very much indeed. That's Jill Rutter from the UK in a Changing Europe.